Yeah, it didn't go the way that I think we were hoping last night, but nobody said it was going to be easy. The Dodgers and the Rays, of course, locked up at a game apiece in the 2020 World Series. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and that, of course, includes our next guest, Adam Kennedy, 14-year major leaguer. He was a world champion with the Angels back in 2002 as well. Adam, good to talk to you again. How you been? All right, so let's start right here. Take me through what it feels like in the World Series after you lose a game. I mean, it's baseball. I know you guys are used to not winning every night, and one game is one game, you're on to the next one. But does it take on an an added significance, added pressure after you lose a game in the World Series? Uh, You know, as baseball players, athletes in general, you're kind of trained your whole life to kind of get over it quickly. And honestly, it really doesn't change that much come playoff time, just because you kind of play that way the whole year, right? You play with emergency, and you play to win every game, and, and every, every every loss, you know, kind of hurts a little bit. So, as an athlete, you're just kind of trained to, to, to you know, deal with it in the moment and kind of move on. So, so honestly, I don't remember um, ever it being too devastating. You know, as a matter of fact, there are a couple losses where you kind of felt good about what was going on, uh, better than most. Uh, most lost throughout the season, so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's too devastating, especially a team like the Dodgers, who've kind of been around and been in this situation before. Dude, they carry some of that momentum from the NLCS, where they were down three-one, and all you know. Obviously, they won those three games to get to where they were. They looked really good in Game One a couple of nights ago. Do you just kind of chalk it up to yeah, we're still playing really good baseball, even if last night wasn't our best effort? Yeah, de- definitely. You know, the only thing I, I could say is just just because of their history in the World Series and kind of some tough luck um, and kind of this really you feeling like this is the year, a little disappointing kind of as a fan looking. Obviously, they have their, their, their thoughts and their plan, but as a fan, it didn't look like they put their best foot forward last night with the pitching staff. Mm. That's the only thing that you can kind of question with them. But, you know, the Dodgers are so great. It's easy to nitpick these little things here and there. But, but for me as a fan, it would be nice to, to see them keep that momentum going because they did have it rolling pretty good the last you know three games in the NLCS and then then the first game one. So it had been really nice to kind of see them keep that momentum. But you know, like Dave said, the rotation is set up pretty strong moving forward. It would just been nice to to see a little something different from the staff yesterday. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. We're talking with Adam Kennedy, 14 years in the major leagues, world champion with the Angels back in '02. It just—it's so odd, and I guess maybe I just have to recalibrate the idea of a bullpen game. I guess it's just part of Major League Baseball as it's currently played. But in Game Two of the World Series, just the idea of running that out there that early in the series—what do you make of that? I look, Andrew Friedman. It's hard to argue with everything he does because it's—it's been pretty good at, at every stop, right? But but in that instance, I don't know. Um, being a baseball purist and kind of. Um, knowing what it's like, I would have I would have thrown Wood back out there just simply because they didn't look very good against Kershaw game one, right? So mm-hmm. so maybe maybe the the lefty lineup is not their best lineup, you know. So I, I probably would have gone that route. If you're going to go Gonsolin, just let them run it out there for three or four innings. Um, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about it being tough on these young guys to have to try to be perfect, and I get that. Uh, there is a little added pressure. May didn't seem to handle it too great. You can kind of tell he was a little wound up. But I would like to see if you're going to start Gonson, that's great. Let him give him that, give him those three or four innings and see where you're at. Because if he's one of your guys, go with it. You know, I just I don't know. It's a little little odd. 
put your manager hat on. If you get to game six and it's another bullpen game and we know we're going to get Walker Bueller in game three, you know you get Urias in game four, Kershaw in game five. If you get to game six again, is it Wood this next time? I go Wood or Gosselin. Either one. You pick. I'm, I'm going with it. And then you can, you know, then they can each go three innings or so. Or, you know, then you can match up. But um, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember a World Series team using an opener or using the, the bullpen day much. Um, obviously, here's why I know it doesn't work. Because Tampa started it a few years ago, but they don't really do it anymore. Mm. So, so that tells me that if the team that started it isn't really using it and doing it anymore, it can't be that effective. Otherwise, they'd be doing it. You know, they went out and got starters, and they paid Morton, and they they traded for Glass now. So, so you know, their their starters are, are, are really tough. You know, it's not about the bullpen games for them. You know, um, I don't know, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It would have been nice to see the Dodgers kind of put the their foot on the throat moving forward. But as a baseball fan, I'm glad it's tied one one. We got a series now. Adam Kennedy is giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Um, You know, you look at Corey Seager and the way that he played in the ALCS and and go all the way back to when summer camp started. And I remember watching a couple of those inter-squad games that the Dodgers had among themselves, and Seager was just knocking down walls then. And he never really cooled off, still hasn't. He had a home run again last night, hit another ball to the wall in center field that I thought was going in the first inning. Have you seen a guy that locked in for that long of a time before? Yeah, I mean it happens, but but I'm glad we're getting to see him be healthy and and on this stage do it because you can kind of see the talent over the years, right? But he's just kind of been interrupted by by injuries, and now now he's healthy, and we're seeing it, you know, throughout the playoffs, and uh, it's it's fun to watch. He is a special talent. Um, he plays shortstop with ease. Um, when he's fallen into his swing, it's it's a it's a thing of beauty. Um, trying to get my son to to be a Corey Seager fan and, and mm. kind of watch him and how he plays, so uh, it, it's glad I'm glad he's healthy and we're all getting to see him kind of be on that big stage. Let's kind of look at it from the other side. That if you're Kevin Cash and you're talking to your guys and you win last night's game and you look, I mean, they this was the way that they do it. They get a decent starting pitching performance from Blake Snell. You turn it over to the bullpen, which for the Rays is very, very good. And, you know, Brandon Lau ran into a couple. He had a couple of home runs and that's how they win the game. Are you feeling pretty good or are you knowing that just about everything that needed to go right for us did and we still only won by a couple of runs? No, they're feeling good. They don't care how, how how the winds come at this point, especially kind of when you're the you know in their situation where you're we're the underdog and you're gonna have to fight for these wins, um, winning by 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 you know a nail or anything it doesn't matter. You're just trying to get those W's, and they're having a good feeling on off day today. Get everybody healthy, get those bullpen guys rested up because they're probably gonna ride them pretty hard for the last. Uh, that the end of this this series and kind of see how it goes from there. If you had to if you had to say which of the two teams is better set up in their bullpen going into this weekend, knowing that you have to play three days in a row because we haven't seen Trine and Grotterol or Jansen for the Dodgers, and we've seen most of the guys for the Rays that they're going to count on. They've already had to pitch in games one and two. Pretty even, right? So it's it's going to be the 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 guys that can um, really get between the starters and those those late inning guys. If the starters can get to those, you know, Snell did a great job last night getting to the fifth. That's where you need your starters to be. Once you get to there, you can ride out those bullpen guys. But um, it, those are some power arms, you know, and you don't want to be 
uh, a hitter having to, to have a big at bat against those guys. You know, Anderson with the big at bat against Turner last night. That was kind of for me the turning point in the game. Mm. Turner gets him um, that two zero pitch. Turner missed that two zero pitch down the middle. Once he missed that pitch, you know he's going to be in trouble. And, and sure enough, uh, Tampa with the win. Adam, take me through that. I mean, what is that like when you're facing a guy that throws that hard and you're going to get probably a pitch in an at-bat that maybe you get a chance to drive and you miss it? Take me through that feeling. Tough, tough, because uh, you get to that 2 Everybody, Every hitter wants to be in that 2-0 count, right? And so as a hitter, you're, mental, you're mentally saying you're in trouble now to the pitcher. And, and Turner missed it. He was a little bit tardy on it. Um, just not used to the to having the at bats off those guys. You know that's where the, the pitching kind of has the advantage. You know the hitters haven't seen you, but I bet you turn and get that pitch next. You know next couple of days, I promise you he won't miss it. He, he's been thinking about that tonight. Adam Kennedy joining us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, talking about the World Series game last night. And, you know, Randy Arozarena kind of shows up out of nowhere in the American League Championship Series. He wins the MVP. I'll take you back to 02. You were the American League Championship Series MVP. Does the hot carry over to the World Series, or does every series start over again? Because so far, the Dodgers have done a pretty good job on Arozarena. No, it, it carries over for a little while, right? You know, um, he was kind of struggling a little bit game one and then got the infield hit last night. So that was good for him. But, but you're feeling good, but you still you still need to perform because that got confidence can get dented pretty quickly. So uh, good to see him get a hit, but he's quite a talent. So I'll ask you, uh, Adam, what I was asking some of the listeners earlier, that on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being this, there's no worry at all, and 10 being they're going to lose for sure, where are you on the Dodgers as far as your concern where they are 1-1 after two games? It, well, I was at a zero concern after game one, and then uh, I would say it's bumped up to about a 2.5 now. I, I still have a lot of confidence in them. They're fun to watch. I'm rooting for them. Just the, the tough luck they've had over the last couple of years. You know, Kershaw, probably my number one reason for, for them wanting to win a World Series. He kind of, uh, he you know, he wins that World Series and, and he doesn't have to hear about it. We don't have to talk about it anymore. He kind of solidifies himself as a first ballot Hall of Famer if he's not already. But definitely twice that talk about him not being able to win the big one. You see it coming though, right? I mean, we all know what, what's coming up on Sunday. It's it's game five, and the Dodgers are going to have a chance to close it out with him on the mound. It's going to be 2-2, meaning whoever wins that day is in an incredibly advantageous position, or they're going to be on the verge of getting eliminated 1-3, and Kershaw, all three of those options, we're going to start this whole conversation all over again. Is Yeah, game one was great, but this is the one we really need. It's going to happen all over again, isn't it? No, one hundred percent. You know, so so that'll be a, a another another game that you know we'll all be pulling for Kirsch and, and knowing how hard he works and what kind of teammate he is. Um, that'll be a big one for him, and, and I'll be rooting for him uh, more so than I probably would any other pitcher at that point right there. Were you surprised that you didn't see Gratterall or Trinan last night? That Dave Roberts didn't use either of those guys, knowing that there was a day off today. Yeah, de- definitely. He, he, for me, I, I you know I just don't understand the whole you know, opener thing or, or bullpen day. If, if that's how it is, I guess why not start those guys? That way you know you're using your best pitchers in, in a close game, you know, because it just got out of hand a little bit. They never really got to get to them um, as much as the Dodgers often tried to, to bounce back a little bit. But, but I guess if you're going to use that kind of bullpen day, why not use them first? That way you know you're using them in a, in a high leverage situation. Adam Kennedy is a world champion, 14 years in the major leagues. Adam, appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much.
Travis, anytime, man. Uh, all right. Yeah, it, it's – I think everybody, right? I mean, that's – Adam Kennedy played a long time in the major leagues. Played a long time for the Angels. Played for the Dodgers, the Nats, the Cardinals, the A's. He, I mean, he was, he was one of those guys that everybody wanted to have on their team because he could do a lot of different things, and he was a good teammate. But playing, for, playing with Clayton Kershaw – trying to get Clayton Kershaw that World Series. All of his teammates, Dodgers right now, all the teammates that he's had over the years, they all want this for this guy as much as they want it for themselves, right? And you can see it coming down the road. You can absolutely see it coming down the road, that Game 5. And I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. I really do. They're just better than the Rays, and it feels like this is meant to be this year for a variety of different reasons. And I can close my eyes and I can see it. I can see Clayton Kershaw's arms up in the air. We finally got this thing done. His teammates mobbed him, the champagne, the beer going over his head. I just really hope that I'm right because if it goes the other way, I mean, you only get so many looks at this thing along the way. All right. I'm going to tell you why that bullpen game wasn't the end of the world, why that bullpen game was the right decision. That's coming up next on 710 ESPN. But first, it's time for some straight talk. Just like in football, you want the best coverage with your wireless network without your wallet taking a hit. Straight Talk Wireless gives you the same nationwide coverage as big carriers, America's best networks for up to 50% less. Just 45 bucks a month for 25 gigs of high-speed data than 2G with the unlimited plan. No contract or mystery fees. Don't get sidelined with weak protection. Get Straight Talk Wireless. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. More of a manufacturing team as opposed to... A pure slugging team, I guess, like Atlanta may be. So I think the other thing is you you never really know exactly what lineup you're going to get. You know, it's not a consistent every single day, six, seven, eight guys that play every day. So trying to figure out what what you think they may do against you and then work off of that. That's Walker Bueller talking about the differences between the Atlanta Braves, who he did a very good job against, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who we're all hoping he does a very good job against. Coming up tomorrow night, of course, you can hear that game right here on 710 ESPN. We will have the postgame show right after the game as well, and we're going to do that after every single game. So I'll be with you, and we can talk about all things Dodger baseball. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. 877-710-ESPN. That's the phone number. I want to hear from you about what you thought about that bullpen game, about what you think about the possibility of having another bullpen game going forward and where you are on the panic meter with the Dodgers after they dropped last night's game. Here's why everybody needs to take it down a notch. Here's why I think for those of you, and I put up a poll on my uh, Twitter uh, page a little bit ago asking what you think happens now that it's at 1-1. Do the Dodgers win it in five or six games? Nearly two-thirds of you picked that. I think that's the right call. Dodgers in seven, 14%. And then there's a collective 19% of you that think the Rays are going to win either in five or six or seven. I still don't think that it's that high. You're talking one out of five. I think it's probably half of that. I'd give the Rays a one in 10 shot at this point. And here's the reason why. Because of the pitching. The very same thing that gave the Dodgers a hard time last night is the very same reason that they're going to have the advantage moving forward. This is this is what I mean. They've got five games left, right? As many as five games left. In those five games, here is who the Dodgers are going to run out there as their starting pitchers. Clayton Kershaw is going to go one more time. Walker Bueller can go two more times. 
And Julio Urias is going to be the guy that pitches game four and will be available probably to pitch in a game seven situation out of the pen. So you've got to go get three wins against Clayton Kershaw, two Walker Bueller games, and a Julio Urias game. That's what that's what the Rays are, are looking at. And on top of that, not only is the starting pitching far better, but the starting pitching is not the only part that they have set up. Think about it. The Dodgers have not used Bruce Dark Gratterall, Blake Trinan, or Kenley Jansen in either of the first two games. There is a day off before the World Series. There's two games and then another day off today before you go tomorrow. That's four days for those guys to catch their breath. That's four days for those guys to get right. And I think it matters probably the most for Kenley Jansen because Kenley Jansen is not a guy that you can use high usage. Go back to the 2017 World Series, the 2018 World Series, all of those AL or excuse me, NLCS battles that they've had over the years. Not only would Kenley Jansen pitch the end of just about every game, there was at least once or twice where Kenley Jansen was asked to come in in the eighth inning and to get some guys out. They're not going to ask him to do that anymore because they know that he needs some time, and he's gotten the time. I would expect him to be very, very good when he does get in because when he's struggled, it's on back-to-backs. When it's struggled, when they've had to use him in high-leverage situations a couple of days in a row, that's not going to be the case. 877-710-ESPN. Next stop is Mike in L.A. Mike, you're on 710 ESPN. What's going on? Yeah, hi, Travis. Uh, great job. I, I like to have listened to a baseball guy that knows what he's talking about. Thank uh, you. I have uh, Dodgers and six initially. Uh, Alex Wood, Travis, is throwing well enough. Uh, you've seen him. He's through 93. I've never seen Alex throw, Wood through 93. He's funky. He's nasty enough. Uh, If we go to a game six, I have us in six. So if if we're up 3-2 and we have to go to a bullpen, start Travis Wood. These rookies are great. They're our future, but they have the deer in the headlights look. Don't stay away from the rookies, and you have enough arms to get it done. But Alex Wood, there's a reason they put him on the roster. I was surprised, but now I saw him. You know who else throws good? He just doesn't throw the ball over enough because you're a baseball guy. Joe Kelly really does have nasty stuff. Oh, Joe Kelly's stuff is fantastic, but you said it yourself. The, the one thing you cannot do if you come out of the bullpen, the, the one thing you cannot do is walk guys. And, and, and that's why we can't we, yeah. we can't bring in Joe Kelly. Right. But if Alex Wood continues, and, and you're asking me, do, should we start Gosselin or May or Alex Wood in game six? I think Tampa doesn't hit lefties as well. You got to go with Alex Wood. From I mean, this is an eye test. This is like we always get on Dave Roberts for sticking to a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Use your freaking eyes. Tell, have your eyes tell you what you see. You tell me, Travis. Did Alex Wood throw the ball well last night? Yeah, no, he was great. I appreciate the phone call, Mike. Uh, thanks for the nice words too. Um, look, I don't have a problem with. Alex Wood getting the ball in Game Six, if that's what it ultimately comes to. I, I think the points that you made are good ones. Um, you've talked about his velocity. I think there's some adrenaline factor going on there. I think that would probably bleed off fairly quickly in a starting situation. I think it would be there at the beginning, and now we're back to more traditional stuff. I I like what you said about the young guys, and I let me rephrase. I don't like what you said about the young guys, but I think you're right. I think there's a pucker factor going on with those guys that is underrated. It's very, very underrated what Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller and Urias bring to this team, aside from their stuff. 
every last one of those guys, and we can go around and around on, on Kershaw's performances, but the dude's been out there a lot and had success a lot and gone out there without great stuff a lot and figured out what it feels like to be out there in the most high-leverage moments as a professional baseball player. There is nothing like pitching in the World Series. Okay, There's nothing like starting a game in the World Series. There's nothing like starting a Game 7 in the NLCS and knowing that your team has fought their way back from a 3-1 hole and you're the guy that needs to get them across the finish line. You you don't know what that's going to feel like until you have to go out there and do it. And so far, at least, May and Gonsolin have not responded great. It, it hasn't been a catastrophe, but they're different now than they were during the regular season, and it's the pucker factor. It, it absolutely is. Dustin May is too good of a pitcher to look the way that he's looked the last couple of games. He, he just is. He, the guy throws 100-mile-an-hour sinkers. Okay, that, that A 90-mile-an-hour sinker 10 or 12 years ago was a really good pitch. He throws a 100-mile-an-hour sinker. So if guys are barreling him up, the only thing that makes any sense is that he's tight. And he looked tight. I mean, you saw the home run last night, right? When Lau hit the home run off of him, and he's screaming and he's kicking his leg in the air. That's an emotional guy. He he's it's it's a very fine line between being emotional in the good way, where you're competitive and fired up and fully engaged and present, and and your your senses are heightened and you're ready to go. And there's about one one millionth of a percent beyond that that starts working against you. And I think that he's gone beyond that. I think that he's just in that spot where he's kind of all over the place. Gonsolin, not quite as bad, but the same basic idea. I think you might see Alex Wood in Game 6. Look, hey, let's be optimistic. There's a very good chance they don't get to Game 6. I said this when the Dodgers were down 3-1 to the Braves. Is it really beyond the realm of possibility to look at that Dodger team and say, you know what they got to do? They got to win three in a row. The Dodgers win three in a row in their sleep. This is what they did all the Dodgers lost one series all year. One. One. And it was to a terrible team, the Texas Rangers. And it was just one of those weird things. Eh, all right, whatever. During the course of a 160 game season, you're going to lose to some bad, but this team wins three out of four all the time. All the time. They the Braves are damn good. They beat them three in a row. Braves aren't going to get swept by a lot of teams. Dodgers did it. So all of a sudden, when you look at the pitching, when you just look at the math of what the Dodgers have done this season, it's not a big ask at all, and it's not like they're in a hole. They're tied at one apiece. They lost a game because they went to the bullpen, and they won a game because their number two guy pitched like a number one guy. That's good news. That's good news. All right, Pedro Mora, who covers the Dodgers for The Athletic, he is going to join us next. That's coming up on 710 ESPN. Let's get crispy. It's almost Friday. We can do that for sure. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance and all of our guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. More of your phone calls coming up in just a little bit, 877-710-ESPN. And don't forget, you can hit us up on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed as well. But before we do all of that, we're going to check in with Pedro Mora, who covers the Dodgers for The Athletic. Pedro, good to talk to you. How you been? Hey, Travis. I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Let's start with this. The Dodger bullpen game last night, and I know you wrote about this, the the Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin combination that we've seen in the postseason so far this year, are they not pitching well just because they're not pitching well, or are they not pitching well because they're being asked to do things that they weren't asked to do during the regular season? 
It's, it's, that's a wonderful question. It's an essential question, and it's a question I don't have the answer for. You know, it's like it, it, I would love to know, right? But we, it's hard to say. It's and if it, if they are not pitching well because of the position they put the Dodgers are putting them in, and you know that's a huge uh, mistake. But we can't say so definitively, right? I mean, these guys are still being given the ball with some rest. It's not like they're being asked to do crazy amounts of pitching, and they're not pitching well. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I would love to have a definitive answer for you. It's certainly not a good look at this point to have a 7 ERA from your two rookie right-handers with a 2.5 ERA during the regular season combined, right? And, this, you know, if, if these guys were pitching anywhere near where they had been during the regular season, the Dodgers have been, would have advanced, you know, a lot faster in the last round and, um, and uh, probably won last night, too. So it's been an issue. So, Peter, there's obviously no guarantee that we're going to get to a game six. The Dodgers could win it in five. The Rays could win it in five. But if they do get there, do they do it again, or maybe do they go to Alex Wood? It's a great question. Um, I think what they what they should do, and probably what they will do, is pick a guy they can count on. Right? It's, that's six days from last night's start, so they can use one of May, Gonsolin, or Wood as a reliever. Maybe even two of them as a reliever. You know, in the same role they've been asking all three of them to do. Right and go an inning here and inning there, and then they can ask one guy to just go, you know, ninety pitches or whatnot in in a potential game six. That I think makes the most sense, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they actually do do that. How difficult is it for? And I don't know if you've got a chance to ask these guys this question, but just the idea of and we saw Dustin May in Game Seven, we saw Tony Gonsolin last night, knowing that the second you run into any sort of trouble, you're probably coming out of the game. These guys have been trained as starting pitchers, and all of a sudden, I would imagine, at least for me. You throw ball one, and you're looking over your shoulder to see if somebody's warming up in the pen. That puts them in a tough spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the pitchers have been asked about it some degree, some degree. Obviously, they're not going to come out and say, you know, in the middle of the World Series that they're upset about the way that they've been used, right? But um, but something Gonsolin said last night struck me when he said that he, you know he's taking this as a learning experience uh, going forward about how to how to pitch when you're when you're you know being asked to do it in less than, with less than five days of rest. Right, and I, I think you know that's all well and good, right? But you know the World Series is obviously not the time for learning experiences. So you know their daughters are asking their players to do something that they're not accustomed to doing, and you know so far it's not working. That's you know wh- whether that's the reason they're not pitching or not, you know they're not pitching well or not. We don't, we'll never know, but uh, it's not working, and that's uh, you know they, that, that they can't let them they can't let that cost them the World Series. Pedro Mora from the Athletic is joining us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Looking forward to where these two teams are right now. Both of these teams are in this position, at least in part, because they have very, very good bullpens. The Dodgers haven't fired a ton of those major bullpen uh, bullets, Gratterall, Trinan, and Jansen. We've seen some of the guys for, for Tampa so far in this. Who's better set up heading into three games in three days on this weekend, bullpen-wise? Seems like the Dodgers, but but both teams are, are pretty well set up as far as the back ends of the bullpen go because of the off day, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know a couple of the best relievers for each team pitch in all three of these games, right, with an off mm. day that, 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 that follows. So the Dodgers not Kenley Jansen, right? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. I don't. I don't think he's really in that. I think he's probably the third of that bucket in terms of the Dodgers' eyes. But you know, Gratterall's good. He has, has uh, declined his last time in the last round. He told the Dodgers he wasn't ready to pitch. Uh, on a third consecutive day, so maybe not him either. But trying him is, you know, would be a great bet to do that. He's already done it twice this postseason, pitched on on three consecutive days. And as far as the Rays go, you know, Anderson and Fairbanks have basically done whatever the team's asked of them. Anderson's like a fireman pitching in the third inning of games, you know, whenever. 
So it, it it should be pretty. Um, you know, these are these are these are going to be tight games, right? Both of these game three starters are, are dominant postseason pitchers. Both of the bullpens are rested. It should be pretty fun. Were you surprised to not see either of those two guys, Gratterall or Trinan, last night? Uh, not considering the um, the score, right? Uh, if you would ask me before the game, yes, I was surprised. But when the Dodgers are trailing by five and then by three, I think that was a conscious decision by the Dodgers and Dave Roberts to, to not burn them, right? And the same same goes with Julio Urias, who, if the game was tied, I think would have pitched, right? The Dodgers would have pulled out more stops to win the game if, if they thought the game was winnable. But when you're down by a few, this is not necessarily the right choice. So Tampa, they hit a couple of home runs last night. Brandon Lau uh, hit two. And... You know, just just watching the game, Pedro, it feels like the Dodgers. Every guy that they run up to bat, the Dodgers have a chance to pop one out of there and, and break open a big inning. The Rays did it a couple of times last night, but looking at that lineup, it felt like it had to go like that, where one guy had to have a big night. Do do the Rays have enough offense to win three of the next five games? Yeah, that's a great question. I I don't think they do, but the exception to that answer is if the Dodgers um, don't pitch well, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they if, the Dodgers' offense is superior to the Rays. That's clear to see, right? Anyone who understands this game watches this and understands that the ninth, you know, the ninth hitter in the Dodgers lineup is Chris Taylor, who hit, you know, like at 800 OPS this year, was a very good hitter. And the Rays' ninth hitter is Mike Zanino, who's had, you know, three consecutive bad seasons, right? The, the difference there is stark, right? The Dodgers do not have bad hitters in their lineup. They just don't. So it's, I think the advantage lies with the Dodgers. But, of course, you know, in, in five baseball games, anything can happen, right? And I think that the Dodgers would, would hurt themselves severely if they don't get good starts from at least a few of these next guys that they're going to throw to, that they're, they're going to ask to throw for them. And especially in game six, if they don't settle on something and ask for more bullpenning from Gonsolin, May, Alex Wood. The Dodgers can win this series. They should be favored to win this series if they, as long. The only thing they need to do to ensure so is, is that they pitch well. Yeah, no question. Pedro Mora from the Athletic is joining us here. I don't think it's happening right now, but it certainly was happening in the National League Championship Series. The the, the, the creep of history, right? Because start to hear the here we go again factor of the best team in baseball, the most talented roster in baseball. They spend as much money as anybody else in baseball, and yet they're not going to close the show again. I'm not suggesting that we're there yet, but if Friday night goes a certain way, does that start to creep back in? I think it has to for people, uh, unfortunately. You know, I would love to see what fans' experiences would be like watching this series if you could just temporarily relate, erase the memories of 2017 and 2018 just for the week that you were watching this. But it doesn't seem like that'll ever happen, right? People can't help the, you know, just experience the pangs of, of the of the discomfort and pain that they felt, honestly, that they felt the last time they watched the Dodgers in the World Series. Um, it's jarring, you know, I'm sure. And I, I, I can understand that it's, not a comfortable thing, but I think you you just sort of have to work through it because you know this team is good and every everybody that wins a World Series basically goes through struggles along the way. I guess except for the Boston Red Sox in 2018, who lost like three games along the way. But uh, the Dodgers are still favored, right? You know you can't really be a fan in a better position than being a 2020 Dodgers fan, right? This team is perennially in the playoffs. You know, they're, they've worked their way into the last round of the playoffs. They're three wins away. I mean, what more, really, can you ask for from a fan, as a fan? I mean, they're, gonna, they're probably going to win the World Series this year. If not this year, they're probably going to win it in the next three years, right? I, I, know, I know that's not comforting to hear. I know. But, you know, you're a Dodgers fan. The Dodgers are probably going to win a World Series soon. 
Yeah, no, I, I've already been called a jinx a thousand times because I said more or less the same thing, that if I told you you're going to be 1-1 and you have a vastly superior offensive lineup and your pitching is set up exactly the way that you would draw it up in your best dream, would you take that? That's that's what it is. They, they need to win three of the next five games, and Tampa's going to have to beat Kershaw, Bueller, and Urias three times in five games. I don't like their chances. Give me the Dodgers. It just feels like a much better card or a much better hand to play. So I'm with you. You know, it's, it's 60 70% chance Dodgers series win, in my, in my estimation at this point. You know, I, I think the Dodgers have the clear advantage. They, they feel that way as well. It's just, yeah, but, but that said, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that anyone listening to this is still going to feel the same anxiousness that they were before. So I can't, absolutely can't. We can't sue them, and I, I get that. I get that. I do. Pedro, is there any other way that this thing was going to come down to? Because you know, at this point, we're guaranteed a game five. We're guaranteed that Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch in a game five, and it's either going to be a closeout game, one way or the other, or two-two, knowing that you put your team on the verge of winning this game. We we knew that we weren't done with Clayton Kershaw even after that great performance in game one. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, after after game one, he said sort of offhandedly that he knew he was going to pitch in the series again. And I started thinking about that for a moment, just like, did, you know, what were the chances that he actually didn't? And then if that was all he needed, you know, to, to you know, essentially fix his World Series narrative legacy forever. Right. And, I, you know, you, you allow yourself to think of it for a moment and then you think, OK, wait, is this ever going to actually happen? You know, <laughs> and, 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 and no, and, and no, it was always going to be this way. For sure. You know, the Dodgers know that the Rays are a good team, right? As, as, as much as we're saying that they have a great advantage in this series, the, the Tampa Bay Rays are a, a well-built roster with great pitching, great relievers, and a competent lineup. They just have a couple flaws, and they're nothing that's, you know, uh, impossible to surmount. But the Dodgers are just better, right? The Dodgers are, you know, the best-built team in, in the sport. So they have the advantage, and they're going to ask Clayton Gershaw to help them uh, win it all. Pedro Mora covers the Dodgers for the Athletic. Last one before I let you go. Walker Bueller goes tomorrow night, game three. And so is there any sort of limitation on him beyond the blister, or is it just going to be however well he pitches, that's how long he's going to go? It's a great question. He's going to be on extra rest, which is how the Dodgers prefer to use him, right? During the season, almost always, and this goes back to 2018, his breakout year, the Dodgers have given him an extra day compared to most starting pitchers. Uh, in the last round, he was not pitching on extra rest. He was on normal for the first time, I believe, in all of 2020, which contributed to the Dodgers' decision to pull him out after like 89 pitches or whatever. So I wouldn't be surprised if they extend him pretty well in this, especially if they think that's the difference, right? An extra inning. You know, you, you could see him go to 110 or something like that. But the issue is, game seven, he would be on regular rest, right? Do the Dodgers think they can win this before game seven? Sure. But you, you, you don't want to, you know, essentially, you, know, you don't want to overdo it right now. Um, because you're going to ask people to come back in four, you know, in five days and, and go 90, 100 pitches or maybe more in a, in a you know, do or die, win it all, uh, game seven. That's Pedro Mori, covers the Dodgers for The Athletic. Pedro, it's good talking with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Okay. Hiring is a challenge, especially with everything else you have to consider today, but there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we're going to finish up with your calls. We're going to finish up talking about what Pedro said, that the Dodgers, if they don't win it this year, they're going to get it in the next three years. They need to get it this year. I'll explain exactly why the future means absolutely nothing as we sit here on a Thursday afternoon. That's next on 710 ESPN.
The heart of their order are primarily lefties, so it just presents a different look. And obviously, locations are going to be a little different. Pitch mix is going to be a little different. But, I mean, like I said, it's just going to be a little bit of a different look just based on the handedness of the, the guys over there. Look, Funch, I don't need you playing Charlie Morton and what he thinks of the Dodger lineup right now. There are far bigger issues to get into because I'm being mischaracterized. I am being painted unfairly on the internet, and I'm not going to allow it to happen. It is happening by my colleagues, no less. Scott Kaplan is putting me in a bad position. Greg Bergman is putting me in a bad position. And now, all of a sudden, Oreo is piling on. Well, you're wrong. I don't know what else to say. I'm not wrong. No, here, hold on a second. Here's what I said. This Scott tweeted a minute ago, says, Hey, Trav, our man Bergman is right. Double stuff Oreo is the bomb. And now Oreo is liking that on the internet. I didn't say that I don't like Oreo double stuff. I, my, my comments were, I prefer the original Oreo. And then Funch comes off the top rope talking about mega Oreos and mega stuff. most stuffed Oreos that looks like an ice cream sandwich. What I'm saying is, I like the, the reason that the Oreo has been around for, I don't know what, 600 years is because it's awesome. It's because it's the perfect mix of the, that little filling and two wonderful little chocolate cookies. They had it right the first time. You don't need to double up on the filling when the perfect amount was in the original one. My point is that I love the original Oreo, not that I dislike the other ones. And how many times do you go into a regular Oreo, the ones that you love so much, rip off the top and put on another piece of the of the sweet filling inside? It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> so, but my point is, is that when you do do that, now it's I a have, double stuff. Now I have two wonderful chocolate cookies left. <laughs> it's like a whole nother thing to go eat. Oh, so you're you're looking for the double cookie? Yeah, I, I'm. See, not so. You can have a regular Oreo, perfect. You can make your own double stuff because you pull them apart and stick them together, and you have the two extra cookies. So it's like another Oreo. You're getting like a double double <laughs> <There you laughs> from go. In and Out. Yeah. I wonder. Ooh, remember they get triple triple quads. Oh, I maybe, got four maybe, by maybe that's on the, the mega and the most stuff. <laughs> yeah, four by know. fours were the real deal for a long time for me <laughs> those used to be <laughs> come on man who are you talking to we're brought to you by mercedes-benz vans drive a mercedes-benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes from customization and service to financial assistance mercedes-benz vans are ready for anything let's try a phone call here let's go to patricia in north hollywood patricia you're on 710 espn what's going on hi hi one day ask about why they actually um, negotiated the trade for Kenta. Um, you know, he's been the one in the postseason in when they've had that's been successful every time out. And I also don't understand why Kelly is not using a fastball. He's using this, like, curve that, you know... Well, let, let's let me, let me answer that one right there, Patricia. Because the reason he doesn't throw the fastball is because he doesn't kind of throw it over the plate. It, it's it's all over the place. He has better command with those other pitches than he does with his fastball. That's why he doesn't throw it very often. Yeah, I thought we got him for the fastball. I think they did. I mean, like, like so there there are plans, and then there's the reality. The plan was to get him to maybe be the guy to take over for Kenley Jansen because we saw. Look, when Joe Kelly pitched for the Red Sox against the Dodgers in the World Series, yeah, they didn't touch him. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Patricia. Thank you. Um, Maeda's a good pitcher. He's a really good pitcher, but there really wasn't a space for him. you got to keep in mind, when these deals were made, a lot of this was made pre-vid, right? And we just didn't know that the world was about to spin out of control and all these things were going to change because they made this deal to get Gratterall here, and now all of a sudden you had 
David Price. You had Ross Stripling. You had an abundance of starting pitching, and what you needed were some other guys. And look, I, I hear what you're saying. Gratterall's been fantastic. He's he's one of the guys that when he comes out of that pen, you're like, yep, I I, I like this. Gratterall in any situation, I like it. The only guy we've really seen get him was Tatis, and Bellinger brought it back in the yard. So I like that. I, I, I liked Maeda. He was really good, but you can't keep everything and then keep adding stuff on top of it. There are some decisions that need to be made. Let's try Bill here in Irvine. Bill, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. You know, it's really an amazing stat I just saw. Uh, after last night's game, uh, it looks like Tampa Bay, who a lot of the front-running press was saying is a weaker-hitting team, in the postseason, they've got a total of 28 home runs, and the Dodgers a formidable 20. But the fact that they're out hitting them is shocking. And you know, even though they play their respective uh, LCSs and division series, I just think it's really an odd situation. And last night, even more compounding by a 125 hitter hitting two home runs. So my question also relates to the Dodger power hitting. Do you think they were left short? Uh, they had Paul like uh, come back from an injury and have a pretty good season. Where has he been with the right-handed power? And the fact that Muncie, who's really extremely patient and takes a lot of walks, batting cleanup, uh, he's not hitting for much average. Do you think that they're lacking in the power department despite having really good threats throughout the lineup? No, uh, I, I don't. Uh, and I want to answer your question, Bill. Thanks for the call. Look, Brandon Lau, and by the way, I have to stop myself every time from calling him Brandon Lowe. I just, the Lau part is not rolling off my tongue. Brandon Lau, who had two home runs last year, you're right. He was batting a little over a buck 20 coming into the game last night. He's also one of their best players. He's also a guy that has made an all-star team uh, previously in his career. He can hit. He's been ice cold in the playoffs, but he can hit. He got going. Um, as far as the Dodgers lacking power, no. I mean, we, we, we've talked about this. Do you feel like Mookie lacks power? No. Corey Seager? No. Justin Turner? Maybe a little bit this year is different than in the past, but I'll tell you what. If you're telling me, pick a guy, runner at third base, less than two outs, and you got to get that runner in, Give me Turner. Even right now, give me Turner. Bellinger, Muncy, lacking power? No. Whether you put in Jock Peterson or A.J. Pollock or Kike or Chris Taylor or any of those guys in that spot? No. Will Smith hit one last night and hit another ball in the screws. We saw him hit a home run uh, in the NLCS that won a game for him, so he's certainly not lacking power. I guess if we want to get really deep, Austin Barnes is not a home run threat, but, I mean, what's that, the 13th guy I've mentioned? I mean, Beattie can hit a home run. Rios can hit a home run. The power is not their issue. The, the issue that the Dodgers have offensively is what we saw last night, which is when they just start to strike out a ton. They struck out 15 times. I mean, it, it's, it's cliche, and it's old school, and I understand now that you know an out is an out is an out. A strikeout is the same thing as a ball to left field. Sort of. When you're just turning around and walking back to the dugout 15 times, it's really hard to generate any sort of offense. Very quickly, one more. Kevin in Chino Hills. You're on 710 ESPN. What's up, Kev? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Just real quick, uh, I'm right on page with you. I'm not worried at all. Uh, I think last game was good to get the bullpen through, see who's hot to finish out the series. And we got the three best pitchers coming up, uh, Dodgers and uh, five. Yeah, I, I think that that's certainly possible, Kevin. I would say it's probably Dodgers in six or Dodgers in seven. I don't think that either of these teams are good enough to beat the other team three times in a row without the other team showing up at some point. I, the, the Dodgers, 
The Dodgers have a better chance of doing it than the Rays. I don't think that we're going to get to Sunday afternoon and Clayton Kershaw is looking down the barrel of a 3-1 deficit in a must-win game. I just really don't see that happening. Um, they're, like I said it yesterday, put yourself in the other shoe. Put yourself in the other dugout. If you're the Rays, you're feeling really good about what happened last night, but you also know intellectually that everything had to go exactly the way it did for us to win a game by two runs. And you also know that going forward, you're probably not getting that pitching matchup the way that you did last night. You're probably not going to get Blake Snell against the bullpen again. If you do, it might be Alex Wood. It might be somebody different. What you're going to get is Clayton Kershaw once. You're going to get uh, uh, Walker Bueller twice. And you're going to get Julio Urias at least once and probably a second time in a, in a relief role at some point in Game 7. That's what you're looking at. And that's what you have to figure out how to do. Now, is it possible? Of course it is. Is it likely? No. You heard Pedro Mora a few minutes ago say that the Dodgers are heavy, heavy favorites, and they still are last night. The Dodgers put their weakest hand on the table last night. Like, if this is a poker game, they just tried to win a game with a pair of sevens. Okay, can you do it? Yeah, I guess you can, but it's not going to happen very often. Post-game show immediately after. Make sure you're with us on Friday night after every game. We'll see you then.